is a unique holiday, and um, the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes kind of epitomized it. Calvin is standing by his mother's bed when he says, Hey, Mom, wake up. I made you a Mother's Day card. His mother was very pleased and started to read it out loud. And this is what she read. I was going to buy a card with hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd rather spend the money instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small, so I guess you're pretty lucky I got you anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. And the card went on. There I've said it. Now I'm done. So how about getting out of bed and fixing breakfast for your son? Doesn't that pretty much epitomize? We, we try to honor our mothers, and even when we try, we fail, right? Uh, that there are certain things that just won't happen without mother. And um, it is. We cannot imagine, those of us that are not mothers, we cannot imagine um, the responsibilities that a mother has. And we live in a day that um, really is not very favorable to mothers. There have been many societies that that's been true, but ours is that way. And uh, motherhood is often looked down upon. A professor at the University of Pennsylvania uh, several years ago, um, he and his wife were committed to God's ways, and and uh, his wife was raising their two sons, and and they would often be involved in university gatherings, and there were uh, faculty members were invited to bring their spouses, and inevitably, some doctor, woman doctor or woman sociologist would confront his wife with the question, and what is it you do, my dear? And he said, my wife, who had given her life to raise our two sons, and who he said was one of the most brilliantly articulate individuals that he'd ever met, had a great response. She would say, I am socializing two homo sapiens in the dominant values of Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order in the teleological prescribed utopia inerrant in the eschaton. When she followed that with, and what is it you do, my dear? The other person's response just wasn't that overpowering. I have to be honest with you. As I read that, I had to... Google what eschaton, the last word that was used there. Um, I won't ask you to raise your hand if you know what it means, but I had no clue what it was, but I should have. Eschatology, but the eschaton is the last event of God's divine order. So basically what she's saying is, I'm raising two sons 
in the Christian manner of life, teaching them to be instruments in God's hand to help bring his purposes. And that's the job of a mother. And honestly, in our society, it is not held very highly. But in God's view, it is held very, very highly. And in in understanding God's heart, we look at Christ's life, and even on the cross, his heart went to his mother. We, as we said, live in days that are hard days for for mothers. Just the standpoint, and and if you haven't verbalized it, many have verbalized it, what does the future hold for my children? As young mothers hold their infants and and they they sometimes verbalize, you know, I I fear what kind of country that my child is going to grow up in so uh, starkly different than as a mother they grew up in and especially as a grandmother or grandfather that they grew up in. And it is easy for hearts to be overcome with fear and, and, um, and worry regarding what is it, what did I bring this child into? Israel, in their history, had been following a pattern of rebellion against God. A pattern where they would rebel against God. They would embrace pagan gods. They would then suffer painful consequences. And in the midst of their painful consequences, they would cry out to God. God would um, raise up a judge to deliver them, and then they would go into the same thing again. And it was repeated over at least seven times, and there was no king in Israel in those days. It was a time of turmoil. It was a time of confusion. It was a time that Israel was vulnerable to their nemesis, the Philistines. It was a time when they were morally bankrupt. The the conditions, moral conditions of Israel were horrible. It was a time when their own religion, their own relationship with God had grown very cold. And and it was a time that we find in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that a lady by the name of Hannah found herself. The priesthood was corrupt. Moral scandals were rampant among the family of the priest. The nation was weak. The nation was in great danger. And Hannah found herself in a very, very difficult situation. We said they were morally bankrupt. Polygamy was, was a norm. And in this situation, she had married Elkanah, and Hannah was not able to give Elkanah a son or any children for that matter. And a man's reputation and livelihood was important that he had offspring, in particular a son. 
We don't know the details, but the Bible tells us that he also took then another wife. As we said, it was a very um, morally corrupt society at that time. And Paniah, the wife that he took, of course, she had children. She had sons. And here's Hannah living in this, this household. Number one, it's, it's bad enough to, to share with another woman. But then when the other woman has children... And the Bible tells us that she continually reminded Hannah of this and rubbed her face in it and tormented her and, and continued to be a thorn in her flesh. You can only imagine. It's, it's easy for us to read these things. But can you imagine a household like that? You know, there are, there are many adverse situations in the world today, but... Um, that had to be really, really bad. It's easy for us to think, oh, Hannah had it wonderful and all these things happened. Hannah ended up being a blessed, blessed woman. But Hannah was blessed because of certain things that entered into her life. First of all, you have to understand that she was a woman of sorrow. Notice in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 6, And her adversary, the other woman, also provoked, provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut her womb. And as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, So she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Hannah was broken over the condition she was in. She was literally crushed by the grief. There was a bitterness of her soul. Verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Verse 13, Hannah came as they offered before the Lord, and the grief was so heavy on her heart that she couldn't even utter the words. There was great, great groaning. And and in verse 15, it tells us that the woman was of a sorrowful spirit. We come into this world and we expect things to go smooth. And then sometimes even in Christianity we think, oh, I'll come to Christ now and then everything should be good. No, in this world there is much sorrow. And I don't know of anyone that bears sorrow more than the heart of a mother. If we took the time today and people were willing to share, mothers were willing to share some of the burdens that they have borne in life and and many of those burdens they've never been able to verbalize to anyone. 
And they may ask, God, what did I do wrong that I'm bearing this burden? They go from the joy of a child and then in many, many cases to see that very child literally break their heart. And maybe not once, but over and over and over again. The burdens of, of investing in families and, and mothers give and give and give. And even, as I mentioned earlier, when we try to honor them, we come up short. You know what I mean? We just don't know how to do it right, do we, men and kids? I mean... And mothers are so kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's for breakfast, Mom? Hey, you know, there it is, gone. You know what I'm saying? But seriously, the sorrows that a mother bears, this, this is part of life. I wish I could tell you different, but there are many, many sorrows in life. And God tells us of that, that, that man that is born of woman is full of sorrows. Why? Because of the sin nature, because of the curse. And there are many burdens that weigh upon a mother and that weighed upon Hannah. This wasn't just a, a three-month period that Hannah battled it. Year after year, it said, that this came and it was a continual burden on her heart living in that household a, a divided household and and um i i think alkana her husband tried to comfort her and and she said what's the matter and she said why well, why well, don't have any children and only as a husband could say but you have me yeah, some of you got it, right? You laughed there, right? That didn't cut it. That just didn't cut it. And I know he was trying to, I love you more than I love her. It's hard for her to believe that, considering the situation they were in. But what makes Hannah stand out? Although she was a woman of much sorrow, she was a woman with a solution. She prayed. Verse 10, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. She didn't whine. She didn't defend. She didn't blame. She prayed. Psalm 62 and verse 8 says, Pour out your heart unto the Lord. In Him is your hope. Only eternity will tell what the prayers of godly mothers have done. And despite the sorrow and the difficulties that were in her life, 
She knew that her only hope was in God, and she prayed, and she persisted in prayer, and she continued to go to God knowing that he alone is my hope. I fear today that in our land we have a famine of praying godly mothers. We can find time for many, many other things, but the one need that we have is prayer across the board, but especially as mothers and fathers. But today our, our focus, needless to say, is on mothers. The application applies to all of us. The application applies to young people. There will be sorrow in your life. What are you going to do about it? You can complain about it. You can become bitter about it. Or you can take it to God and pray about it. And you can leave it to Him. And when it's hardest to pray, and many of you have been there, I don't feel like praying. I don't know if I can pray. When it's hardest to pray, that's when we must pray the hardest. That's when we must push through and and say, you know what, it is hard for me. And God, I don't even know if I want to come to you, but I know you are my only hope. I don't know what to say, but God, I am coming to you. Hannah stands out because in the midst of her sorrow, in the midst of her broken bitterness of heart, she prayed. And she prayed, and she prayed. And in her prayers, the priest said in verse 17, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, verse 18, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, And her countenance was no more sad. Do you understand? She had great sorrow. She knew her only hope was God. And she availed herself to God and poured her heart out to God. And then she was a woman of faith. Faith is just believing what God says he will do. And God's word came to her and said, God grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And you notice the change that it alludes to in verse 18. So the woman went her way. She had not been eating because of the grief of her heart. She did eat and her countenance was no more sad. Had anything changed at that moment? No. She had not conceived. Nothing had changed at that moment other than she heard the word of the Lord. Faith is just believing what God said. First of all, do you know what God has said? You cannot have faith without the word of God. You can't have faith in God, I should say. You can have faith in man or anyone else. But that's not genuine faith. Genuine faith is not faith in faith. 
It is faith in God. And you must know what God says. The greatest and the strongest mothers are mothers that are people that are ladies of the Bible. They study the Bible. They know the Bible. They know what God says. And they're able to say, I know this is what God said. He said he would never tempt me above that I'm able. And he will with every temptation make a way of escape. I'm resting on that. I know that God said his grace is sufficient. I don't feel like it right now, but I am resting on that. You cannot have faith if you don't know the Word. How can you believe what God said if you don't know what God said? She committed her cause to God and left it there. See, it, it's not, it, it begins, our faith begins with believing what God says about us. God says about us that we are sinners that we are separated from God. It then goes on, faith begins by believing that Jesus Christ is the only one that can forgive our sins and restore us to fellowship with God by His death, His resurrection. He alone paid the penalty for our sin. So it's, it's yes, that's, that's coming to faith. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am separated from you by my sin. And I know only Jesus Christ can forgive my sins. And I call upon him to forgive my sins. That's the beginning of our faith. But then we are to walk by faith. That God said, seek first his kingdom. And all these other things, what am I going to feed my kids today? And how am I going to make it through this week? And what are we going to do about this? And how will I fix this? All these things will be added unto you. Okay, God, if you said that, I believe it. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to seek you first in my day. And I'm going to seek you first in my priorities. It's believing that here is something that we never would have wanted to come into our family. We never would have wanted this to happen, but I'm a man or a woman of faith, and so I believe that God is able to take even this and make it work together for good because I'm resting in the promise of His Word that God is able to make all things work together for good if I love Him and I'm committed to his purposes. I mean, you think of it. She made a vow, and, and we don't have the time to read all the verses here, but she vowed to God that, that if God would give her a man-child, that he would give him unto the Lord all the days of, of his life. You think of that, mothers, as... She then was blessed and held that son whom they named Samuel because of her faith. She named him Samuel because it means God hears. And she's saying, this is a living testimony to remind me. Every time I say the name Samuel, I'm going to be reminded that God hears. And as she's holding that son and her 
husband is going to their yearly um, pilgrimage to make offerings, she said, I'm not going with you this year. Next year, when I have weaned him, I will take him and present him to the Lord. Mothers, only you can imagine what it would have been like knowing next month we'll be going Next week, we'll be going, and I'm going to offer Samuel and give him to the Lord for however the Lord wants to use him. Can you imagine the last night? That Hannah's holding Samuel. She was a woman of her word, and she was a woman that trusted God. And that last night when she went and held him, put him to bed, went through all the things knowing that tomorrow I'm going to go and give him to the priest for however God may use him. She had no idea that Samuel would be what God raised him up to be. But she obeyed by faith what God had told her to do. She lived her faith. Paul Harvey once said, if you don't live it, you don't believe it. And while some might say that that statement is harsh, here's a statement that is even more difficult to debate. If you don't live it, Your children won't believe it. Samuel believed and became a great, great prophet of God because he saw it in the life of his mother. She was a woman of faith, and as we've already alluded to, she was a woman remembered by God. Notice verse 19. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to Ramah. And Alkeah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. There are times in the Bible when it says, And the Lord remembered Noah. And the Lord remembered Hannah. It's not like he forgot about them. It means God blessed them abundantly. Mother, you are often forgotten. You are often taken for granted. You are often neglected and underappreciated. But as you put your trust in God, God will remember you. I honestly believe some of the greatest saints in heaven are going to be mothers that only a few people knew about, but through their lives and their prayers, they raised children that God used mightily to influence people. Or they raised children and they stayed true to the Word of God and finished their course with a fervent love for God. And God is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. God will remember you. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. 
He is not forgetful and will not forget your work of faith and labor of love. Hebrews chapter 10 or chapter 6 and verse 10. And for that reason, he said, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. It's the, it's the umpteenth load of clothes that you're putting in the washer and hanging out or drying, and, and it's the dirty diaper. Wait a minute, I'm going back to cloth diapers, okay? I'm not even going to go there, okay, because I'll be, sound like an old man, all right? But it's changing all those diapers, and you think, God, help me. I want to do this as unto you. These are your clothes I'm washing. This is for your son that I'm changing this diaper. I'm doing this for you. I want to do it for your glory. God says that everything done in his name, he will reward. The Lord remembers And notice, Hannah starts out with all this sorrow. And she allows it to drive her to the Lord and builds her faith. And God remembers her. And we don't have the time, but chapter 2 is a prayer of thanksgiving and exaltation. Notice what she says. My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none besides thee, neither is there any rock like our God. And she goes on, and a a song of praise and thanksgiving. Why? Dependence upon God will produce thanksgiving. It doesn't mean everything will turn out the way we want. Going to God and pouring out your heart isn't saying, God, you've got to do it my way. It's, it's a submission. God, I submit this to you. I give this to you, and I want your will to be done. Samuel grew up to become one of the most influential leaders in all of Israel's history. Under his leadership, Israel renounced idolatry and shook off the yoke of the Philistines. He was a mentor and teacher to the first two kings of Israel, one of the greatest prophets ever. And I'm sure you'd agree that Hannah did a good work. Regardless what situation, mothers, grandmothers, you find yourself in, are you a woman of prayer? Are you a woman of the book that you build your life around, this is what God says, and this is what I am camping on, this is what I am dependent on? If you are, you will be remembered by God. And you know, when everything's said and done, that's all that matters who we're remembered by. You will be remembered by God. So let your heart be filled with thanksgiving. We have heard the story often, but let me just remind you of it again. 
number of years ago, about a century ago, a mother gave birth to a young girl, and she got an infection in her eyes, took her to the doctor, and the doctor gave her the wrong medication, and this young girl became totally blind. They later found out that the doctor should not have even been practicing. It was under false pretense that he was practicing medicine. And this mother and the grandmother of this child, with great, great sorrow of heart, cried out to God and built their life on faith. And they started putting into this young girl Scripture and Scripture. And she memorized Scripture. They read the Bible to her. They taught her um, chapters and chapters of the Bible. We don't even know. Most of us here today couldn't give the names of this mother and grandmother. But we know their daughter that was born blind as Fanny Crosby, who literally wrote thousands of poems and songs, songs that um, we sing yet today. She was the first person, first woman to appear before Congress She had an impact that still reaches around the world today. But why? It wasn't Fanny Crosby. It was Fanny's mother and grandmother that in great, great sorrow cried out to God, built their life around the Word of God, and yet today have great rejoicing. The opportunity is here for every one of us. Mothers, fathers, young people, we choose either to build our life around God or to build our own life. And building our own life will end up guaranteed, will end up in sorrow and despair and disgrace in eternity. But when you build your life around Jesus Christ, you can say, Like Fanny Crosby, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I am now an heir of salvation, purchased of God. I'm born of his spirit and washed in his blood. Heavenly Father, I pray today. In particular, that you would encourage the hearts of every mother here today, regardless of their circumstances, that they can be a woman of faith. And I pray that you would raise up and establish here women of prayer. I thank you for the women here that, that daily and continually come before your presence interceding on behalf of their family and loved ones and church body and nation.
Lord, I pray that you would multiply that. I pray that you would help each of these women here today to be women of faith, that their, the roots of their faith would go deep into your word, and that they would know the blessing and the power of you at work in them, and that their hearts would be filled with thanksgiving that would impact others. Lord, I pray that for all of us here today, and in particular, I pray if there are any that have never taken that first step of faith, of acknowledging their sin and their need of forgiveness only in Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray today that they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins, and if they need someone to help them, I pray that they would mention that before they leave today. Lord, would you stir the hearts of men and women, boys and girls today, that we would have the spirit of Hannah in the midst of a morally corrupt world, in the midst of a world in chaos. Lord, may we be men and women of faith, grounded in your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's